We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. All right, what is going on, everybody? How you doing? Welcome to a bonus Wednesday episode of the future award-winning Talk Buffalo podcast, part of the Blue Wire Network. I'm your host, Patrick Moran. You can follow me on Twitter at @MoranTweets. Folks, we've arrived now for the last six Wednesdays. We have done a Buffalo Bills seven-round mock draft. The computer simulates 31 teams. And my partner during this exercise has helped me draft for the Bills. He's been here for the first five. He's here, fittingly, of course, for the last one as well. My man, recurring guest, good friend of mine from the Cover One Buffalo podcast, Aaron Quinn is in the house with me yet again. What's going on, buddy? How you doing? What's happening, my man? This run here of six in a row, reminiscent of my Bulls, six in a row title run. uh, But I've got to be creeping up to the top of the leaderboard and uh, guess that your podcast here. I think you're there. Six in a row. Am I there? I think you're there. I'm pretty confident. You've overtaken Joe. I barely have Joe on anymore. I mean, I had him on the show Monday, but that was only... (laughs) Well, he ain't going to listen to this, so he don't give a shit. (laughs) That was mainly to talk about his wild uh, wedding proposal that ended up that's right uh, on the in the new york post which was really cool but uh yo so before we start literally so we're taping this again final bills mock draft here we're taping this late into the night on monday if something crazy happens on tuesday that affects this draft whatever at that point but i gotta say this so my wife and i just ran to the store like literally minutes before we started taping and i come back home and we live in an apartment complex and we have like this hallway with I don't know, like four or five apartments on the first floor, run the first floor. Wrapped around the rail was something that I thought was like tape. I mean, it was like literally wrapped around the rail and it's long. And I'm like, why is there tape around the rail, the bottom rail? And my wife looks at it and she goes, dude, that ain't tape. That's snakeskin. 
there was a snake, and I'd never seen this before. I just Googled it literally a couple minutes ago. The snake will shed its skin and leave it there. This thing has got to be three or four feet long, man. I put a picture of it up on Twitter and my Facebook status. And I said, I don't remember what I said word for word. I don't have my Twitter in front of me. But like hashtag no fucking thanks, man. <laughs> I was like, no way. That's I've been lucky in Florida, dude. I've avoided for the most part like confrontations or, or encounters, I should say, with gators and some of the crazy bugs that you hear about, like these big fat palmetto bugs that kind of get in the homes and they're they're like five feet big and shit like that. But this snake, knowing that it's like circling around my doors now, because this is about 15 feet from my door. Right. I'm like, oh, hell no, man. No. Nope. Nope. No, I, I have no problem saying this on the record everywhere I go. I have zero desire to live south of the Mason-Dixon line. Southwest, <laughs> southeast, middle, like poisonous <laughs> stuff, bugs that can kill you snakes that can bite you and kill you like i have no interest on that stuff dude i don't want to live in constant paranoia of that stuff can kill me at any time and i know that's probably ridiculous and i have no odds of actually dying from those things i just like sleeping at night knowing that no spider is going to kill me in my sleep i like that. <laughs> i'll tell you man i've been accused and there's validity to it i've been kind of a florida basher throughout sure. my five years down here at this point probably more so over the last two years or so, but yeah, it's getting to that time of year down here that I don't like. It's beautiful in the winter. It's gorgeous. It's paradise. It's everything you think it is with the, the palm trees and lay it out in the pool in January, February, maybe part of March. All that's great. But now you're getting into, I got in my car this afternoon, the, the temperature in the car was at 90 and it's only going to get hotter and it's only going to get more humid and the bugs are coming and all that shit in Florida that when it gets to be this time of year, not to mention the rain is not going to be far behind where it rains like every day. Right. The grass is never greener is what I will say. Um, I know a lot of people don't want to ever talk bad about Buffalo, but Buffalo's got problems too. Like the bees. I'm not looking forward to the bees are getting oh, worse sure. every year. That's going to be bad. Like there's stuff uh, here too. And we get stretches of weather. That's just, I mean, verse it's supposed to be nice and it just snowed last week here. So yeah. uh, I don't know what's better, but the poisonous thing, man, that's a game changer for me. That's just a no-no. <laughs> can't do that. So anyway, this is a Wednesday drop, and we're doing an episode every day this week. I, like I said, I had Joe on on Monday to talk little bills, but that was mainly about the New York Post. By the way, he shouted you out, man, on Monday's show. I think Joe secretly likes you, Aaron. He does like you me. Guys, you, guys have a fake, you guys have a fake rivalry. I, I think yeah. in reality, you guys like each other. No, I think I'm fine with him. I've put to bed everything. Uh, I like picking fun at him a little bit. Here's the thing about, like, I think a lot of people find me abrasive or whatever. I'll get along with whoever. Like, once you understand my personality, we're good. We used to fight back in the day. Yeah, like, I remember. And, and get into it. Like, I'm just not scared to argue with anybody about right. whatever. I really don't care all that much. Uh, and then I think... Once you understand that and understand that personality, I'll get along with you just fine. Yeah, for good. sure. And like, I mean, Joe legitimately does think that you guys are all nerds. You and, and totally. Aaron and, and Eric and, and Bruce yeah. and Joe Marino and all you guys. He thinks you guys are all stat and film nerds. But uh, yeah, there's love behind that. But anyway, I had Joe on Monday. On Tuesday, I had Matt Perino. You're on with me today on Wednesday. Tomorrow, I'm doing a quick little for Thursday, the actual morning of the draft. I'm doing a little... I don't want to say draft preview, but I'm going to run off like 10 to 12 guys that I think are the most realistic targets for the Bills. And then I'll have a couple of, uh, I guess you can call them bold Bills and NFL draft predictions. Friday, we'll recap night one. And then Sunday, I think I'm going to do a recap of uh, the entire draft. I'll have guests on for me for those. I don't know who it's going to be. But anyway, so 
let's get started. I just want to kind of gloss over our first five. One other thing too, because you and I, I mean, you talked about this even years ago, don't always agree. And that's cool because I've been getting some tweets lately, and this is mainly about the running back position, more specifically Travis Etienne, which I know we're going to end up talking about today too. People think that like, because Bruce Nolan from the Bruce exclusive does not want a running back in the first round. And I do that. Like I have an issue with him on a personal level. Yeah, Nothing right. could be further from the truth, man. One of my favorite things about the Bills podcasting community, at least the people that I'm pretty tight with, like yourself and, and Greg and Eric and Bruce and, and Joe Marino and, and the guys from Fanatic, so many more people. I don't got to agree with you and you don't got to agree with me. I have a healthy respect for Bruce. I've said it to the point of ad nauseum. I think Bruce is as good of a podcaster as there is, as good as a football okay. mind as there is. But I don't mean I'm agreeing with him, you know? So anyway, for people out there listening, just because we don't agree on some shit, there's, a, there's nothing personal. It's just a difference of opinion. Simple as that. Bruce and I, Bruce and I disagree all the time. And we have DMs going back and forth of just fun conversations about our disagreements. And we respect, I at least can speak for myself. I respect the shit out of the guy uh, and the work that he does. And I think that he respects at least some of what it is that I do. Uh, but we disagree all the time and it's, it's cool. Yeah, yeah. I think, I think people got to take the, and I used to do it too, though, when I was younger and take, you know, those arguments and stuff seriously and feel like people were being personal and it's football arguments, right. man. Like none of that matters. We dig in on some stuff. Everybody's got biases. Everybody's got hills that they're willing to die on and you ride it out and it's fun. It's part of what makes it fun. Yeah. We all want the same result and that's the Buffalo bills to have a good football team, but how we think they should go about doing it. Differences of opinion. We're all going to root for the, whoever it is. Yeah, We're right. Exactly. So to recap these first five that we've done over the first five weeks, and I'm not going to go through all the picks. I'll go through maybe the first couple um, version one, which was all the way back on March 23rd. feels like a lifetime ago, which is kind of ironic. Cause I got a feeling we might be discussing this again today. Travis ATM was our first pick at 30. Life's a uh, giant circle. Yeah. Landon Dickerson at, was our second round pick at 61 which I think if healthy, and, and again, we'll save this for a discussion in, in a few, but Landon Dickerson, I thought at the time was a good pick. Then I was like, there's no chance in hell he's going to be there at 61. But who the hell knows with all these, uh, today, these injury? Uh, yeah, Adam Schefter tweeted it out, man. The medicals are, exactly. teams aren't happy about him. But anyway, we got him and Tyler Shelvin in the third round from LSU, which we've taken many times. Other picks as well. Version two the next week, we stood at 30 again. We ended up with Eric Stokes, the corner from Georgia. We got Carlos Basham. Defensive end from Wake Forest. And we took Shelvin again in round three. Other picks as well. Round three, or version three, I should say, on April 7th. This is the one that kind of still bugs me a little bit to this day. We stayed at 30. We were able to trade, but we couldn't find a trade that was reasonable. We ended up with Kadarius Tony, the receiver from Florida. Right. That's just weird to me. I don't know. Yeah, I didn't like it. And Gregory Rizzo, we traded up 10 spots for in round two. And we, uh, I can't remember what we gave up. Doesn't matter. But we also got Ben Cleveland. We grabbed from that draft an interior lineman from Georgia. Um, version four, April 14th. Again, we stayed at 30. Did not trade up or down. We took Caleb Fairley, the corner from Virginia Tech. Uh, Wyatt Davis, we did move up for in round two. And again, for the third time in four mocks, we, or third straight time, I should say, we took Tyler Shelvin. Uh, last week, version five. We, we traded up twice. We ended up trading up, I think it was four spots to get Quiddy Pay, the defensive end from Michigan. And then we right. traded back up into the second round because he was sitting at there 53, which ain't happening, but it did happen on our board. And we traded up to get Travis Etienne. Uh, we gave up uh, 
a fifth and a seventh. Eh, that ain't going to happen. But anyway, that's the way it played for us. And by the way, Hamza Nasruddin, um, the safety from Florida State, we did grab in the third round. So that's been our first five. Has there been any trend that you've noticed through our first five, as well as a lot of drafts that you did um, with Greg at cover one? And we're going to talk about one of them specifically in just a second. But like, do you have a specific takeaway? Because I've arrived at, I don't think if the Bills stay at 30 that there's going to be a player on this board, personally for me anyway, that I really like. Like, What's your big takeaway so far? Yeah, I think it's going to be interesting to see. I think obviously we want five quarterbacks, right? Like the, the idea that that's going to happen, we want that. I think some of these guys that we're hearing uh, some buzz on that you want other positions, linebackers. I think it'd be great if there's a run on linebackers. I think Offensive tackles too. Offensive tackles, totally. Push some talent back. I think either way, no matter if all that stuff works out or not, there's going to be a run on cornerbacks or edge. And I'm happy with taking either at 30. So I think that's what Bills fans need to keep an eye on on draft night is who starts to run. If you start to see cornerbacks coming a little earlier than you thought, expect a run on that. Team's trying to get up to get their cornerback. I think it gets a little iffy. Uh, You know, we took Stokes a few weeks ago. We'll talk about the one we did with Marino, but I'll give you a teaser here. We took Stokes at 30 there too. I don't hate it. I don't love it though. Like I'd rather get a better edge player, but it really didn't work out for us in that scenario. So I'm okay with Stokes at 30, but yeah, I'm not pounding the table or running that ticket in. So I'm kind of with you that a lot of the time we're getting there and it's the fourth best edge, the fourth best cornerback. I don't love linebackers outside of JOK, but he's not going to be there. Like, I don't know. It's it's a tough spot to be at. I'm still okay at running back, though. When all those other things don't shake out, dude, that's where you're sitting with Travis Etienne sitting there at 30 or even Najee Harris. And I'm totally cool at 30. I think that's a great value where those guys are at. So that's the what I'm seeing is it's a good year to be in on edge and, and cornerback because one of those guys might fall. Uh, Caleb Farley might fall with the medical problems. If we're seeing teams concerned with medical problems, I'm willing to take the risk at 30 that his medical problems are going to be fine. This guy's going to lock down cornerback two for five years. Like let's, let's sign him up for that all day. So I think the only thing I've learned is that those two positions that the bills are targeting, I really think there's going to be a run somewhere in the twenties that that's going to get, kick it off. You mentioned Joe Marino being on your podcast that you and Greg Thompson mm-hmm. do. It was on last week. You guys did a mock draft. Like, what were some of my highlights of that? Now, like you mentioned Stokes. How did things play out with you before we circle back to this mock draft? Like, talk about the one you guys did last week. This was a great draft, and I think it sent uh, Eric over at Cover One on a little bit of a journey on some of these players because it came up on our show, and the the feedback was fantastic for this draft. So we, at 30, the Bills took Eric Stokes. At 61, uh, Peyton Turner, the edge out of Houston, they took him. I like that pick a lot. I think that's a nice, that that fills two needs immediately with, I think, pretty good players, maybe not the biggest names at their positions in the draft, but I think guys that'll come in and contribute. Kendrick Green was a pick 93, which is an interior offensive lineman, and Eric at cover one, go over to uh, the man free account at cover one. He's got a bunch of tape on this guy. This dude is mean. He is mauling people into the ground. It looked like he made one guy tap out at one point on a run play. Like this is the guy we've talked about a bunch that you could maybe get there. 93, maybe at 113, somewhere in that range. And this is the guy that can come in and compete with Feliciano. I think day one for that spot. So that was a huge one. That's a guy that I'm looking for 
in this draft. Uh, Alan McNeil was at 113 for us. We traded back up, I think, here. Uh, we went from, I don't remember what we did, but we did trade up uh, interior defensive linemen. So you fix interior offensive line, you get interior defensive line. Avery Williams at 174 was a really cool pick. That's a guy I think we should keep an eye on tonight if he's there and say we, I'm fine with doubling up on cornerback, but say we miss on corner and we want to take a developmental guy. And then a guy, have we taken, uh, we've taken Cornell Powell a couple times. We've taken Powell. him. We've, we've actually taken him our last two mocks. We took him in the sixth round of version four. And then last week we got him in the sixth round of, uh, got him our latest I, one. Actually, we we've, taken, at, we've taken him three times. We've taken him at 236 here. Joe loved it. I, I brought it up and Joe was like, yeah, sign me up. Let's take him there. I think that's great. And uh, so that's where we're at. Those are all guys that I'm looking for through the bills. And we'll talk about some of that a little bit here in this mock now that we've done so many. And I think we've whittled down some of the archetypes and really what Buffalo is looking for. We could talk about some of those in this next mock. Well, before we get to this mock, there's one player that I do want to ask you about. It's a guy and you just brought up a bunch of guys that we really haven't discussed much or in some cases at all. I got one that I want to ask you about, though. What's your read on, he's a defensive end. He seems like the prototypical size. Joe Tyron. I, I've heard a lot about him. I, I, I want to say, I don't know for sure if it was Joe Biscaglia. I think he wrote, I think it was him. He might have wrote an article that with guys that he thought were good fits for the Bills at defensive end. And I think that guy might have even been at the top. But anyway, do, do, do you have any insight? Do you have a, do you have a take on him? Is he... Somebody who you think can and should be in play for the Bills and maybe round one? Yeah, for sure. I think uh, I think he's probably right around there, late round one, round two guy. And I think that's fine if the board falls that way and that's the edge guy that you want to develop. I think they need some youth. They got to walk away with some youth at that position, even if it's a developmental prospect, a uh, guy like Rashad Weaver late that they can you know bring in with a fifth and maybe develop for a little while whatever they do they need some youth right because you're going to lose hughes you're going to lose addison uh obata's only on a one-year deal right like you're, you don't have a lot of youth locked up long term you have aj Vanessa, who's a nice developmental prospect i think he'll be a, a good solid producing uh defensive end i don't think he's ever going to fill jerry hughes shoes when he leaves uh, Bam Johnson is a special teams player that maybe in a pinch can get you out of a couple snaps, but he's not really going to produce a whole lot. So there's definitely a hole there. And I think if you can address it at 30, I think he's a guy, I think taking Peyton Turner at 61 last week with, with Joe, I think I'd be fine. I think with Peyton Turner at 30, if the board just fought, if there's a huge run on edge and that's really what Brandon Bean wants to walk away with this draft. I'm okay with taking there. Cause we've had examples where you get, you don't take an edge early and that's it. You miss on it. Like the, the, the drop off's big. So. That's happened to us a couple times, especially early on. Yeah. So I think that that's in play. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors. According to indeed data and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. 
Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. I think there's so many things right now in play for the Bills. We've heard the rumors of ideas of trading up. We've talked to people about right trading back. I think all those are in play, and I do think there's going to be a number of players. I know Sal Capaccio put out his, like, you know, who's available when he's run mock drafts and who's always available and not. I do think come draft night, there's going to be plenty of players available that I'm comfortable taking at 30. Like we're talking about a late first round, basically a second round pick. I'll be okay there. Like maybe it won't be the sexiest pick that I'm going to be rushing to YouTube. and It'll be super sexy and exciting all night, but I'll be fine. Like not, not, there's not a lot of things there that are going to upset me anyway. The economy is made up of real people doing real stuff and it affects everything which you obviously know since you're a real person doing real stuff. Marketplace is here to help you get smart about everything beyond the what of the day's business and economic news. We dig into the how and the why with the real people driving our economy. From big tech and interest rates to small businesses and what's happening at the Fed, Marketplace breaks it all down so you don't have to. Listen to Marketplace wherever you get your podcasts. All right, so before we actually start this process of our final mock here, obviously everything's going to be on the table, so just everyone out there listening knows that we can move up, we can move down, everything will be available to us should we pursue it. We haven't really done this leading up to our mock, so but before we even start, do you have a set goal? Because, all right, so when it comes to, first, when it comes to Brandon Bean, this is not me talking, this is Brandon Bean, I think we need to decide, would we rather see them go for a player that can definitely come in right away and help this team right now as a rookie. If that's the case, running back absolutely is on the table for sure. I think CB is definitely on the table for sure. If the right guy falls at least anyway, and uh, maybe guard, maybe, but I don't think defensive end. If you're, I know Brandon Bean has said long-term is what it's all about. And I believe him, but I don't think any defensive end you take, if he's going to be the fourth or fifth guy, He's coming in as the number four guy, probably, maybe even the fifth because of Effie Obata as well, too. So I don't expect a rookie defensive end to do much this year if everyone stays healthy. Anyway, going into this draft, like as we're about to start, do you have a goal? Because I do. My goal, I've arrived to the point where I'm willing to trade up and I'm also willing to give up, I would say, the third round pick. Okay, if you give up the third round pick, and maybe something like later on in 2022, like a fifth or something like that. That's what it'll take realistically to get up to that 21, 22 to say 24 range. If there's a guy that you like, whether it's a running back, a defensive end, or a guy that I really think could uh, step in and start right, right away. That's my goal going into this. I don't like to trade down scenarios very much, but I don't like staying at 30 because I feel like we've been burned like that a few times. I don't know. I'm still, I'm very interested in the running back position. I know we've heard a lot of reports already this week between Peter King, his mock draft, Tom McShay, 
said that the Bills were exploring trading up already, specifically for Travis Etienne. I don't know if that's a smokescreen. I have no idea. But anyway, what are you going into this draft as we're about to start right now? Do you have something? Do you have a goal specific that you're hoping to accomplish? Or are you just going to let the chips fall where they may? Well, it's in, it's for this particular one, I think I'm letting the chips kind of fall so that we can talk about it with no expectation on my end. Uh, but normally when I go into these on my own and I'm doing them, I do go into it with a strategy. And my strategy and my preferred one is to be aggressive and going up in any of the rounds, but ideally uh, trying to get down to four picks in the top 100 or around the top 100, like in the top 110 or so prospects and leaving with four guys in that top hundred ish picks. Uh, that's my idea of success. I want to move up and be aggressive in there and target the guys that I want and not be afraid to not leave with seven players. Cause I, I do think I have a tough time in a lot of these drafts when I get to round six and seven, there's not a lot left that I like. I'm not the guy that's just like, I, I don't think the difference between a lot of the undrafted free agents and the guys that you're getting in the sixth, seventh are, are huge. Um, I don't want to take a bunch of wide receivers. There's a few of those that I like in that area. So I'd rather be aggressive, get some guys that contribute. But as far as the philosophy goes, man, like if two of those dudes that I get can contribute in 2021, like that's huge. And then if the other two are more developmental players that can come in and kind of maybe get some snaps at edge throughout the season, but we don't need him to, to, definitely pan out in 2021 like that's the kind of scenario i'm looking for is a, a little mix of both those early picks guys that definitely can contribute this year with them some more of that developmental stuff which maybe is at positions that are more long-term positions like edge brandon bean to my knowledge anyway i don't think brandon Bean's ever traded down a draft pick since he's been here i don't think he's even done it once it's always been stay where you're at or move up i don't think he's traded down one single time yet anyway last thought it's harder it people is that harder. want that like trading down. My my answer to them is always that's cool. It sounds good that you in get theory. those assets in theory, but it's the hardest probability that you're hoping somebody wants to get to that particular spot and is willing to give you the compensation for it. Like the other scenarios, you can get aggressive and make somebody come off their spot. You can't lure them into it. That like nobody cares. Let's run this draft and let's run it straight through to pick. Let's stop at 2122 because I okay, think I'm getting we, better at this. If Let's the see. if the Bills if the Bills are going to trade up and they're not going to give up the farm to move up and I don't think they'll sure. do that. So we're going I, to Indy. I I would say 2122 like right around there is where we really start to examine what's out there and what they could give up because again, I think to me that's giving up a third this year and maybe a later round pick next year. That could get you up to that 21 to 24 range. So we're running right now. Let me see here. All right, draft is paused. We are at 21. I could have probably just traded to Indy before the draft started, but this is better so we can see who's there. So uh, Caleb Farley just came off the board, and so did Greg Newsom. So we're seeing a beginning of a run at cornerback here uh, to the Washington Football Club and Chicago Bears at 19 and 20. So if those were your guys, we're too late, and we missed, right? You're not going to get it. Jalen Phillips is off the board to the uh, – Miami Dolphins, which I hate. I hate seeing good players go to the Dolphins. He's gone. Let's see. And then the rest of it's all the guys you know that are going to be in that top 15. Or so, so in so terms, can, 
So let's go by the most likely position. So what defensive ends are off the board? You just named Phillips. Well, I like C- Christian Barmore is there out of Alabama. I, he's pretty versatile. We've skipped over him a few times, and I was talking to Eric over at Cover One. This guy's a pretty versatile guy that I think the Bills would love to have on. I don't know if you need to trade up to get him. He is the top player right now on the board, and I think that he can do some things interior that maybe Ed Oliver struggles with. He's maybe a little bit more powerful and built for that position. I think he can kick in and out. Uh, a little bit more. He's got some more positional vis- uh, versatility. JOK's sitting here also. So I know he's not necessarily a need, but this is the kind of player I think that you mortgage things for and trade up. Like he, he's, I think, could be potentially be a generational type athlete. I love him. Yeah, I'm yeah. a Notre Dame guy. I mean, we've talked about this. I love him as a player. I just don't think that the Bills would do that for him. Like defensive sure. end. So Phillips is gone. Right? Yeah, Quiddy Pay is available. Oljolari is available. Uh, Tryon's available. What about corners? Uh, let's see here. Because if you're talking 21 range, I could see Quiddy Pay or maybe Oljolari. Yeah, Kelvin Joseph, Robinson, Samuel Jr., Molden, Melifonwu. Here's where I'm at. Joe took, uh, he liked Eric Stokes. I was fine with that pick too. We took him in, in one of our mocks. This is where I'm at though, really with it. And I should have fought harder on our mock is... I don't hate it. I'll, I'll take him there. He's got the athleticism at 30. That's fine. The athleticism doesn't show up all that much uh, in his game. So I'm not sure that it translates. And I don't know how much better he is than Asante Samuel Jr. or Molden or Melifonwu. And I'm willing to wait to the second round and maybe move up there to get one of those guys. I think the value is better. I think it, I think at the, I think at that 30. position, obviously Sertain and Horn would be long gone. I'd say Farley and and Newsom would probably be the other two corners. Those are those guys. Those would yeah. be the two corners that I might be interested. I'm not saying there's ones I wouldn't consider at 30, including Stokes, but to move yeah. up potentially six, seven, eight spots, nah. So the corner, moving up for a corner to 21, 22 is not really an option. And then obviously Edge. the running back. What about, I mean, Trey? Well, N, or I mean, Edge, you said Phillips was gone. Yeah, pays you've available. got a lot of options right now at Edge. If you want to go up and get Pay, Ojalari, Tryon, uh, Away is on the board. Basham, uh, Turner's still there. If you're high on Russo, he's still there. There's quite a bit of names that I think Bills fans would be fine with taking. And they, I don't know. We could run it a little bit further and see. Obviously, well, hold on before you do that. What and Travis Atn? Yeah, no. Travis Atn and Najee Harris at this point yeah. are on the board. Again, as a guy, me, I'm talking about who's willing to, to part with that third rounder to be able to get a guy. Is there a guy right now, when you look at the draft and pretend it's Thursday and this is the way the first 21 picks have fallen, you look at this, you're the GM, you're doing, you're in charge of this draft that we're doing right now. Is there a guy right now of all the positions we talked about that you're saying in your mind, I want to try to get up to 22 and get this guy right now. What's the difference to me between 22 and 24 is not a big deal. So if you want your guy, you should try to get him. Like, what are your thoughts? Is there anyone right now that you're willing to give up? your third round pick this year, which is pick 93 and maybe something next year to try to get. So I did it earlier and I don't know if the trade value matches, but I gave up a fifth. I gave up 174 for. Won't match. Not even close. It won't match. Nah. Okay. Not realistically. I mean, it might work on the draft network app. It does. Yeah. But yeah, it won't work. I and I want to try to be realistic. Okay. And, and it, again, I'm going by the old school Jimmy Johnson value chart and a couple other updated ones too. And it's somewhat off. But it's at least somewhat workable, and the points add up to, for sure, a third. The Bills aren't going from 30 to 22 without giving up at least a third and probably more. 
Yeah, I there. I don't think in this scenario that there's anybody that um, like I said, I like to get more players in the top 100, not less. Mm-hmm. And so I don't know about giving up that third okay. in this scenario because I like again. I I like JOK a lot. I think he's going to be a very good NFL player if he gets in the right system with somebody that can use him and develop in the right way. I think there's a role for guys like that in the NFL nowadays. I just don't know how much the bills are going to use it. if they're going to get into that, like positionless player football or not. I don't know. Vera Tucker maybe is a guy. Cause then you, at least I think solidify the interior of your offensive line with a guy for the next 10 years. I think he can do that. I don't know on the edges, man. I don't know if any of those guys are worth trading up for. Maybe wait a little bit to see if you can get a little bit closer and maybe just jump the Packers or something or get up to the Browns pick. Uh, but I don't know that I think there's enough of those guys left on the board that you can wait this out a little bit. Here's the the potential pitfall, and we're going to see how this plays out because, again, you're in charge here. There's three guys that we discussed that are on the board right now that I would love to fall to 30. Four guys, I'm sorry, four. Two of them are defensive ends, uh, Quiddy Pay and, uh, and Ojolari, and the other two right now are running backs, man. Travis Etienne and Harris. Now, I know you said Tucker, and we could be wrong. I don't, I mean, I'm no expert. I don't know. I don't see his ass being on this board at 22. And I sure as hell don't see him being on the board at 25, 26, 27. I mean, I guess you never know, and we'll find out for sure Thursday. The only reason why I'm not saying him right now is because I just don't see that happening. But anyway, so there's two defensive ends, two running backs. The danger is between 23 to 29, we could lose all four of them. So we are at pick 27. I went a little bit while you were talking. Uh, nothing really terrible happened, actually. Um, Leatherwood went, Bateman, Quiddy Pay is off the board. Uh, Vera Tucker's gone. That's okay. Good. Uh, Jacksonville took a safety and Moherg or whatever. And Olajuari did go to Cleveland. I don't think that's probably realistic. Uh, Cleveland having Clowney, but maybe, I guess. Um, so JOK still on the board. You're pretty close here at pick 27. I want him. I just, I can't Dude. realistically take him. I'm trying no. to have some, I'm trying to balance putting out the best mock draft that the computer allows us to get, but I'm also trying to balance a little bit of realism. Sure. I don't know, Matt. Do you, I have, I've got to see a scenario. Why would this dude fall to 27, man? Yeah, I don't know. I, it, that's the thing about these mocks. I have no idea why he's there. I think we go at this point. I think we roll it to 30. Um, both your backs are still available. If that is that where bills want to go to try on still there. Uh, Jason Uwe is still there. There's guys, there's guys. Uh, well, here. the difference just for people out there, again, I'm going to use the old school value chart. You're talking 620 to 680. So to move up, you're talking 60 points. That's a fourth. Or that's maybe a fifth this year and a fifth next year. So now, if you are willing to give up a fifth this year or both your fifths this year or a fifth, like I said, this year and next year, if you try to get to 27, point-wise, it matches. So now you're you're out of that. You got to give up your third rounder for sure. Right. And we, so, still, got, we still got ATN. We still got Harris. And we still got, uh, or no. Barmore's on the board. So there's, I, there's guys that I'd be happy to take at 30 here, right? There's Barmore. JOK, Harris, Tryon, ETN. Yeah. I would take like there's five, six guys here that I'm happy to take. This is played out better than it has for us in previous drafts. And I agree with you. At this point, I'd be comfortable waiting the 30, unless, 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 unless 
they really do want Travis Etienne. Like we're hearing at least some reports anyway. That's well, the case. You don't want, I don't think you want to mess around. And it's not even so much about the teams right in front of them. Like I don't think Green, Green Bay is definitely not a threat. New Orleans is definitely not a threat. And Baltimore is definitely not a, None of those teams are a threat. No, to take Cleveland's not a threat. Nope. But um, there's always a team willing to trade ahead of Buffalo sure, to go get them. Ja- That's Jacksonville, I don't think is that. I think your threats for the first round are going to be uh, Miami Dolphins. Sure. New York Jets, Pittsburgh Steelers. Absolutely. And Steelers are right there at 25, right? So if he gets past there, you're fine. But that's why I think the conversation is the Bills trying to get up to 21 with the Colts to get that pick ahead of the Jets or the Steelers to make sure they get that guy. Because I think it's pretty realistic that the both those teams, like it could go ETN Harris right there, back to back, and you have a little burst of runs on running backs. Yeah, and so, you got and you got teams also, Aaron. Early in the second round, I mean, the Jets had the second pick around too. They might try to get back up ahead of Buffalo if they like Travis Etienne or Atlanta, who's I think they would have had Todd Gurley or whatever. Or actually, no, I don't right. even. He's he's not even there anymore. But anyway, my point: Miami's got an early pick in round two as well. Yeah, it's they, not going to go package. long into the second round. Yeah, so I, I'm not counting on Travis Etienne falling the thirty because I think some team could trade up to get him. Sure. My point was, I'd be comfortable with the way our board has fallen unless I really. If you still like a guy, I still don't think you could count on him necessarily falling. If right. you want Travis ATM, but we don't have to move up for him. Let's just, we can see what happens, whatever you want to do. I ran it forward a little bit. So, uh, all the went off the board. We knew that 26, uh, Tryon went to the Ravens at 27. Mm. JOK went 28 to the, uh, saints and then Barmore goes to Green Bay. So those are all guys I would have picked. Um, I think they'll do well at all those spots. I think those are all good, great picks for those teams. Najee Harris is still on the board. Travis Etienne still on the board. Jason Owe is still on the board. Um, Eric Stokes, a guy we've taken, a guy Joe took. I think, you know, I don't love it, but I'm fine with it. Peyton Turner still on the board. Maybe some people are more comfortable with him in the second. I'm pretty comfortable here right now taking him if, if that's how it fell and ETN wasn't on the board or he's not their guy. Um, uh, if like, dude, you know me and I'm not a uh, never running backs round one. I like Harris better personally. I, and I like his pass catching ability in this offense a little bit better. I see a vision for him. Uh, I think he's will be a very consistent NFL running back. I do think ETN's floor or ceiling is way higher. I think uh, the potential that he's a bust is a little bit higher too. I, I think the Bills are in the position to maybe take a guy with a high ceiling that could bust out. And I mean, what's the worst thing that happens if the Bills draft Travis Etienne at 30 and it doesn't work out? I don't think it causes much of a hiccup to what they've built and what they're building going forward. Like they've given themselves a little buffer that you can take a gamble on a, a big time potential player and whiff, and you're still an AFC East championship competing team. I, <laughs> I expected to want to make a pitch to you why we should get Travis ATN. I did not expect a scenario where both he and Najee Harris would be available. That's actually one of the few scenarios I really didn't think about beforehand. I'll tell you this though. See the defensive ends that are still there, or the defensive ends that I would have taken at thirty ahead of these running backs are all gone. Joe Tyron might have been the last guy standing amongst defensive ends that I would take at thirty. Not saying that I wouldn't be happy with a couple of these other guys, but defensive ends that I like more 
than Travis Etienne or Najee Harris, but they're gone. I definitely do not like Eric Stokes better than either of these running backs. I'm going to throw that out there right now. I don't think the Bills, again, first of all, the trade down, you got to have, it takes two to tangle, man, and and it's not that easy to do. You just, you talked about this earlier. Easier said than done. I don't want to trade down. I want to stay at 30. I don't, I don't like Rizzo. I don't like Basham enough to take them with the 30th pick. I, I don't know all that much about Turner. You've kind of educated me about him. I like him, but I still like the running backs better. Now it's a matter of which one do you want. Yeah. And so this is this scenario happened when we had uh, Christian Page and Russell Brown, who are two of the cover one draft guys. Uh, they're incredible. They're right up there with Eric and their ability to break down guys. And this sort of similar scenario happened. And we, I was like, Russ, what's your board say? And Russ was like, hey, dude, Najee Harris is whatever, the 18th player on my board. Like ETN's right there too. Uh, you really can't go wrong with either one of these guys. And I think that's what people have to, in my opinion, like people can have whatever philosophies they want. But in my opinion, if and in my board, both of these guys are round one guys. And I think they're somewhere in the 15 to 20 range if I had to really take some time and, and range everybody out. If that's at 30 and you can get a, a person that you believe that I believe is a 15th best player in this draft, there's an 18th best player in this draft. Dude, you're crazy to not take it. Like you find a way to get that guy, the ball, you find a way to get him on your team. And so then it becomes, I think a matter of preference, even though I was sitting here with uh, my wife before this and getting her, I told her about the rumor. She likes fast running back. So I was like, Hey, watch this guy, ETN, see what you think. And then I said, no, well now watch Najee Harris. What do you like? And she's like, wow, they're, they're quite different, I guess. You know, it depends what you like. And so I think you pick a flavor at this point. We've heard Sean McDermott talk about the home run hitting capability I think the sign, I, there's something, I know that Todd McShay is full of shit. All these, all those draft guys are totally full of shit. Something feels different, man. The last time you got a bunch of buzz about Bill's picks was Josh Allen. Like when people start catching on to it and you're hearing a lot of people say something, it's, it's coming from somewhere. I don't know if it's smokescreen or what it is, but it's all centered around ETN. It's not, they're looking at Harris or ETN. It's, it's definitive on ETN. I say we roll with the punches that that Brian Bean's really interested in this and weaponizing this offense underneath as well as deep. And good luck to defensive coordinators that are going to cover this shit, man. Good luck. It's going to keep defensive coordinators up all night. I agree with you, and we will make that pick ultimately. All right. Two things I want to say, though. Number one, if ATN was gone and Najee Harris was there at 30, I would run to the podium to take Najee Harris. I'd be very happy to have him. Totally. The other guy who was not picked yet, and I want to mention him, and we've drafted him before in our mocks, never in the first round, though, is Landon Dickerson. I truly think, were it not for maybe COVID and the, the Bills' inability to be able to spend more time with the guy and have better medicals, I absolutely, even maybe ahead of a running back, to be honest with you, I could take a guy like that in the first round because he, he can yeah. play center. He's he's an anchor type. He's an offensive line anchor type of player. And if you can get that guy at the end of the first round, man, that's awesome. I think if he would have been, his, the medicals would have been more sound for people and the COVID stuff wasn't anything, I think he would have been able to be right there with like Elijah Vera Tucker. It would be a sure. conversation of those two guys, who's the better one, but you're going to get, you're going to get up in the teens to get both these guys. Yep. Um, and so I do agree with you that there's a scenario 
that the Bills feel good about that medical and they're comfortable staying there and taking them. Or maybe it's a trade back scenario, trade back up here into the early first round to get a guy like that. Agreed, 100%. All right, so we're going with Travis Etienne. This is yep. going to be the second time we've taken him in the first round. We took him in the first one. So, so I think up. at least in the second round, we want to get here into the 40s, right? We're not going to get back up early. Yeah, we won't get up yeah. early because, again, if we want to keep it semi-realistic. So you're looking at like 292. Like I, I guess here's the question. Like what what's your goal going into round two right now? I know you've already started this round and we're not yep. going to trade up too much too early. But right. like if you if your decision is you'd like to move up, Yep. If you see a player you like, like what in your mind do you want to give up to be able to get him? And that kind of gives you an idea of how high we can really realistically get up to. Yeah, not a ton. I'm always, I think I'm willing to move that fifth, that second fifth. Uh, and obviously a sixth or a seventh, if any of that does anything for me, even packaging those, I'm okay to move that everything that those final three picks. However, I have to package those to get around the rest of this draft. Those those are picks I'm moving. I would say if you want to be realistic about it, so the Bills are sitting at 61, and let's say you want to realistically give up even the first fifth and maybe a fifth or a sixth next year, that would get you realistically up to about 54, 55. So unless you're willing to give up more than that, and if we want to keep it realistic, like I wouldn't even start to... I would start to peep what's going on around 54, 55. So let's go to the Colts there. After this, let us know. 55. We're at 55. What do you got on the board? Like who's looking good right now? Yeah. So a guy that I would be targeting around here if he did fall, and that's a a viable uh, trade up scenario where you feel comfortable. White Davis, he's off the board at 50 to Miami Dolphins, who seem to be having a really good We traded up for him once early in an earlier rock. I like this guy, man. He's a mean dude. I think he fits what the Bills are trying to get out of the interior uh, line. This is a guy that I'd be feel comfortable competing with John Feliciano, and that's something I'm targeting. I'm going into the second round. Really, now I'm kind of pinning down. We took a luxury pick. I think we can all call it that in ETN. That's a luxury pick. So now I got to get down to business. There's things I have to address if I'm Brandon Bean. I got to address cornerback. I got to address edge. And I'd like to address interior offensive line. So I'm targeting primarily those three positions. I think this draft is a good spot for those three positions in the second round, whether it's a trade up or sitting at 61. So I agree with uh, two of those three for the record. I agree about defensive end for sure. And I think I agree with corner. I only agree with interior if it's a guy that you think could come in and compete. If he could come come in and compete as a rookie, I'm good with that. If it's a guy that's right. going to take a year or two to develop, they already got their starters. Uh, I'm good with not taking a guy until maybe the mid rounds when it comes to interior line. Well, let's see. So uh, Landon Dickerson went at 48. So your your guys off the board there. White Davis gone at 50. So then Peyton Turner, another guy that I would like here at Edge, is gone at 53. So we're sitting at 55, or we're sitting at pick 55 here for the Steelers. We're a few picks away from 61. Uh, Asante Samuel Jr. is a guy I'm targeting right now. He's still out there on the board. I would love to walk away from this draft with Asante Samuel Jr. Yep. I think that'd be a great pickup for the Bills. Yep. He has some versatility that does a lot early on. So say maybe he doesn't come in and fix cornerback two. Maybe this year Levi Wallace is still cornerback two, but he could push Taron Johnson in the slot. He could come in and do some safety stuff for you uh, in a pinch even. I think his versatility is really interesting. And I think that the Bills, I think he fits a lot of what they want out of cornerbacks. I think he could come in and really compete for a cornerback too. So inside, this is a guy, outside, inside, outside corner too. I like him yeah. a lot. 
I actually think he's a realistic possibility at 30. But you know, before I go say it, well, there's no. I think they, they I think Draft Network has him criminally uh, undervalued in their rankings, totally. And you also can't say that, oh, there's no chance he'll be around because guess what? If we would have done this mock draft a couple years ago and we, we, we would have been talking about Cody Ford as a potential late first rounder who the Bills totally. ended up getting in round two. So he absolutely could be there. That's realistic. Yeah. I like That's him. That's realistic. Yeah, I like him too. A guy that I'm hanging out waiting for at 61 is Melfamu. I think uh, he's totally worth taking at 61. If he's there, he's their 78th rated player. I, I think he fits exactly what the Bills are looking for too. I, I think he's actually a little bit bigger than they are usually looking. He's got that length. I think he can come in and fill on the outside. I don't think he's got positional flexibility, but I think he could come in and push cornerback two all day long. I, I, they'd be happy to bring him on this team. So he's still available. I think the way this board's falling, I think you're really targeting those two. Elijah Molden is another guy that I think if he falls to 61, the Bills are going to be happy to take this guy. He doesn't jump off the board with athleticism, but he's the exactly kind of guy the Bills are looking for. He doesn't mind getting dirty, getting in, making tackles. He's heady around the ball. I, I really like this cornerback class in the second round. I just do. I know a lot of people want to address it round one. I think unless a Caleb Farley or a Newsom falls to you, like we talked about, the, the drop-off to these other guys that are going to be in the second isn't huge, man. You can get this guy. Bingo, because that's one of the things I'm aiming to learn from doing these mock drafts, and that's something that I, I think we have learned, that if you're not going to get one of those top four guys, maybe you're better off targeting a corner in round two. I think the question becomes, so you ran off three corners. The question becomes, do you want to trade up and get Samuel? Because I think I don't think there's much of a chance he's going to be there at 61. Or do you right. want to roll the dice? that maybe he's gone, but one of the other two guys, Molden or Melifanyu, are there at 61. I think that's a decision that you're going to be left with right now. Yeah, I mean, I don't know that this is super accurate, right? But let's see. Uh, the Steelers, I think, could be in the market for a corner. They're right there at 55. I don't know about these other teams, though. KC, maybe. I don't know if they're in the market for a corner. Uh, maybe New Orleans wants to get a young corner on the books. Uh, yeah. Cleveland. Well, I, so again, I teams, coming up, teams, coming, teams coming up to trade, though, is always totally. that, that yep. thing. So I, I guess it's what, what what do you feel? There's still some names on the board. Uh, uh, Dayami Brown, uh, the North Carolina wide receiver. Dylan Radins, the offensive tackle at North Dakota State. Gregory Rousseau is still on the board. Jabril Cox, a linebacker that's super athletic. Guys are going to love, fall in love with him. So there's still some players on the board here that I think teams are also going to like. And like we did discuss, I think there's a couple guys here that if Samuel doesn't fall to us as we're going along, that I'm okay if Melifon was the guy at yeah. 61 too. So I don't know that we need to get rid of anything to go get Samuel. I think if he falls a little closer, we can do that. So let's run maybe a little bit more while you're talking. All right. And you mentioned Greg uh, and Rousseau. He went right in the next, he went at 55. So <laughs> we would have had to go get him. Yeah, you, had, you had to go get him there. All right. So he's gone. So you still got your two corners and you also have Rousseau who you mentioned and, and our version three that we did back on April 7th, we actually traded up 10 spots to go get him in round two. So. Yeah, so he did. He's off the board. Rousseau went to the Rams. Um, and so we're sitting here right now at 61. Elijah Molden is there. This is a guy that I think fits the Bills 
totally. I think they'd be happy to take him right here. And uh, Melifonwu is also here. And these are probably the guys I'm going through the rest of this list. These are the guys most likely that I'm picking in these spots. Um, and so it's again, a matter of preference on corner. I, I think the bills haven't really had length. So I'd be interested to see how that works in their defense, but I think they'd be totally happy with uh, either Melifonwu or Molden, the cornerback out of Washington. Do you have a preference on either of these guys? Uh, I prefer that you make the selections. <laughs> yeah. Okay. One of these so for, we've taken Melifonwu, I think a few times, let's take Molden just for the, uh, to, you know, kind of switch it up from that. And I'd be happy with taking him. He's rated higher in the TDN ranking. Melifon was 70th and Molden seven or Molden is 70th and Melifon was 78th. So they have him eight spots higher. So I think it's a coin flip, uh, for the sake of difference. Let's take Molden here and address the cornerback position. All right. I'm with that. All right. So we've went Travis ATN in the first Elijah Molden in corner in the second, you know, as I thought about it, and we talked about this earlier in this episode, if you're not going to get a stud defensive end early, he pretty much as a rookie is going to be a developmental guy anyway. So I'm okay now getting right. a defensive end somewhere third round, even the one of the two fifth round picks and developing him because he's not going to see the field much probably as a rookie anyway. So we're on the round three. We're scheduled to have pick 93. You know, like you said, if you're, if you're trying, I don't think, you're going to get four picks in the top 100 anymore because we didn't move back with the first or the second pick. But I don't know, man. I, I We've stayed pat at 93, all five of our mocks. And unless a guy really jumps off the page at you, I see no reason to uh, to move up now. But maybe maybe you see a guy when you, as you get closer that is worth it to you. So I yeah. So I was I went through a little bit here and I was kind of trying to find a spot to maybe a guy that I was would maybe consider moving up a handful of spots for is uh divine Diablo, a guy that we've taken a number of yeah. times. The more I talk to Eric Turner about this guy, he's, he's like, dude, the bills coaches are a hundred percent on board with trying to find a way to get this guy. He fits exactly what they want to do at the safety position. Uh, he plays in a familiar scheme right now. He, like he could come in and contribute to the safety position tomorrow. And it's a sneaky need. It's a sneaky need. And it's too. a sneaky need. He's gone at 90 in our scenario ah. here to the Vikings. Uh, so you'd had to go up above them or to that pick to get him. Uh, another guy that I like here, Ben Cleveland, interior offensive lineman out of Georgia. He's gone. So uh, he's off the board there so that's still a sneaky need i think and those are the ones that you're trying to address right what about um, our boy from last week we got him in the third round last uh nasruladeen uh he's there um if you did miss out on travis Etienne, trey trey sermons here and he's a home run hitting running back that could be a sneaky guy that you end up with in the third round again i don't love taking if it's not one of the top guys i don't want anyone uh, but yeah, I think I'd be happy to take Nazareth Dean again here. I think he's more developmental though. I don't think he comes in right away this year and contributes that safety, but I think we got two guys that are going to participate in the 2021 Buffalo Bill season. I'm okay with taking more developmental guys going from here on out. I think we we're leaving with two contributors and we can work on some guys and, and fill out depth and, and special teams. Yeah. I'm with you, man. I, I like the pick. I liked it last week and I like it again. So I'd be good cool. with him. So now the bills. So we took, did you take Nazardine with your third yep. round pick? Yep. All right. So now the bills are not scheduled to pick in the fourth. They have two in the fifth. This is a spot where I would love 
to be able to move up. I would be willing Back to package. I'd love to package even both fives if that's yeah. what it took so to get to get uh into the let's, fourth. Let's do it. And there's two guys that I'm targeting here, and these are guys that we took with Joe Marino, and these are guys that I think Eric Turner also would agree that we'd be cool with moving up for. Do you want to go get. by? Do you want to go by semi? The, the draft value chart to like a realistic spot that you can get up to if you package both fifths. Cause I'm doing sure. the math. And if you take 161 and you take 174 and God for the millionth time now, I get it. I know this is an outdated chart, but Whatever. at least to some extent, it has some use. It gives us some barometer. That gives you roughly eh, 45 ish points or so. You could probably get to about 123, anything 123 or lower that's going by the value you might be able to get that but again maybe you know that that's not the bible if you want to try to get higher you give up both your fifths and let's even add a seventh next year or some shit like that if you really want somebody let's go get them put it that way let's see what happens a little bit here let's go to 120 ish here hold on we're at 119 120 is the patriots they don't want to trade with us so we're at 121, uh, which was the Raiders pick. So there's a couple guys here that I would be happy to come up to 120. I don't know if that would get, you said 123 would be. No, I think one if you, 121 going by the points. Eh, again, let's, let's spice the pot up a little bit and offer okay. like a six rounder in 2022. That'll definitely get you to the Raiders pick for sure. So there's a couple of guys I think that I'd be happy to. Oh, so one of them's off the board at 119 to the Vikings. Kendrick Green, that mean off in, interior offensive line that I was telling you about. This is a guy I think the Bills would drool to have. Uh, and that maybe you're picking up a, a round four guy that's going to contribute in 2021. Um, I think this scenario, if I have a say and we're trading up, I'd like to trade up here for uh, Alan McNeil out of North Carolina State, interior defensive lineman. I don't know that this guy is going to participate a whole ton in 2021, but I think that this is your one tech of the future. I think that this is a guy that's going to come in and be able to solidify that spot as your uh, one tech for after Star leaves. So I'm comfortable doing that. We saw what we missed with Star a year ago. Uh, if you can get that guy for the future star is not going to be here much longer than his two years. Uh, so that, that would be the guy I'm moving up for. Tyler Shelvin is still there too. They have him rated ahead. Um, I'm lower on Shelvin today than I've been before. So I got that sense as we've went along. I've gotten that sense. Yeah. I, I like, I like what I'm reading. I mean, I don't know much about McNeil, but I do like what I'm reading. It does sound like a good Joe pick. Marino liked him. Um, I think, uh, uh, Eric Turner likes him quite a bit too. Uh, Anthony Pro- Prohouska, uh, one of, another one of our guys likes him. A, a bunch of people that I like sign off on this guy. Um, uh, and I don't know, we're still keeping what a sixth and a seventh. We're getting rid of our fifths. Yeah. Well, first we got to hope that they accept the trade, but yeah, yeah so let's see. Let's give up both fifths and see what they say. So we're going to give up. We're trading. And that says it's very likely. So we're giving up two fifths to come up to the fourth. Raiders are into it. They said, yeah. All right, let's do it, man. I, I like the pick. I like the position. I think it's a great spot in the draft to develop a guy who knows what star Latotal A's future is going to be beyond this coming season. Right. I, I like everything about this. 
So we're going to run through here now. Now we're not going to have a f rest of the fourth here or a fifth. Yeah, now we're chilling for a bit. We're chilling for a bit. Now we're in the sixth round. So let's just pick out the last two. So we'll have a sixth and a seventh rounder. So I officially made the trade just for record keeper purposes. I said that we gave up both fifths and a 2022 six and that we got a 22 seventh rounder back, which that other part is just next year stuff that don't mean anything. Right. That's just for record keeper purposes. But anyway, so we're going to so read off some guys as they, as I'm seeing them that we would be targeting here in this range, just for the sake of the mock where we're going. Uh, so where would the bills have been in the fifth? The bills would have had two picks. They would have had 161 and they would have had, I believe 174. So at 161, the interior defensive lineman win. No, with nothing really crazy. Sean Wade is a sneaky guy at 161, cornerback out of Ohio State, maybe to keep an eye on. Um, I think the Bills would be happy to bring him in as a sort of developmental uh, defensive back here late. But nothing else. Chubba Hubbard, running back, I think maybe has a chance to be a developmental guy. But nothing crazy yet. Uh, Rashad Weaver is a guy that I've targeted here a bunch. He's still on the board. Um, Shai Smith, another guy I like, wide receiver out of South Carolina. He's still on the board there. So, I mean, if you kept those picks, I think you could get some fun developmental pieces, but nothing crazy. Right, you're missing out on much by moving those. I'm good with I'm good with what we did. Yeah, and it goes back to what we said. You're only going to have so many guys rookies make this roster, and right. I know the philosophy is all right. Well, you're going to have a very expensive Josh Allen. Maybe a very expensive Tremaine Edmonds. The cap might not go up that much. So you want a lot of cheap labor, which we've discussed before. But the problem is you only got 53 spots on the roster. Right. So, I mean, some of the, you, a lot of these late-round guys just ain't going to make this team, man. It's as simple as that. I like what totally. we've done. Yeah, so we're coming up here. Shai Smith just went off the board. That's a guy I'd be targeting here uh, in, in this round. I think honestly, a lot of what I like out back here is why a wide receiver. I, I was I just going to tell good. you, bro, I can make this real easy for you in the round six. We've went with him the last two drafts. We've talked about him pretty much in detail. I don't know if he's going to be there, but if Cornell Powell's there, the receiver from Clemson, I think this is a very easy six round pick for you. If he's there, unless you come to learn about a receiver or someone else over the last week, Right. That we haven't discussed, but I've liked him all along. Yeah, no, I like Cornell or yeah, Cornell Powell here. I also do like Avery Williams, which is a guy that we took before Cornell Powell in our draft with Joe Marino. He's a cornerback out of Boise State. I think that this is another guy that you could take at this position. And similar, I, th I think that he has a chance to compete and there's a, a path to the roster in 2021 for him. But otherwise, I think he's a good developmental guy. But I think. Uh, Joe was reading off some of his special team stats and he's got like a bunch of blocked punts, kicks, returns. Like he's a special team stud. Uh, Who's this guy? Williams. So Avery Williams, cornerback out of Boise State. Oh, okay. Um, and so that is a path to the roster when you're talking about these late guys. And I don't know how good Powell is at special teams. I think he's fine. I think he can do special teams, but I don't know if he's a, you know, a Terry McLaurin type player who was a special team stud in, in college. So th that matters. There's some weight there. So I, that matters a lot. Have, that, matters, that matters significantly in the sixth, seventh round. That's something I haven't really thought about much, but a special teams contributor is the path to making this roster when you get to the right. spot. Sure. Yeah. So that that's there. And uh, we also have pick 136. So that though, both those players might be there at 136 too. So um, 
if you're set on Powell, we can take him. I'm, I'm comfortable taking I'm him not, here. I'm not hope. set on him. I, I, I would say I like Powell. But you also, if if you think Avery Williams in the sixth round is a better fit, I'd be good with him too. Whatever you decide. Sure. For the sake of maybe changing it up. And I, I think he does have a real path to the roster. Uh, let's take Avery Williams with 213. And then maybe our guy Powell will be there at 236. He's been there been there before. Uh, and I've taken him there. Just took him there last week with Joe. I think we've taken him there too. So uh, let's see if he's there. We're getting close here. Um, and nobody else. Like, I really don't care about this pick if it's not Powell at this point. I, I'll take Jalen Darden, I suppose, uh, if he's there. We're getting pretty close here. Um, yeah, but there's nobody I'm pounding the table for. It's I would say this is where you lose me in the seventh round because I don't care. But then I think of just yeah. a year ago. And I think of Dane Jackson, and I'm like, I don't sure. know, man. I might be excited about him in the next year or so. Yeah, so, so this worked out perfect for us. Powell's sitting there. Wow. We can take him and finish off our draft. Absolutely. That's easy for me. Yep. I think this is a nice draft, but this is, uh, you know, and this is a scenario I showed you one that I tweeted out earlier where I actually traded up to get ETN at corner, and I still walked away with a nice draft. And I think that's, you know, a lot of people are freaking out because it's that first round pick, and there's all these ideas that you can't take a running back there that it's like taboo to have a running back there's no value for it you can take this chance because this roster is so good and there's so much depth you and i've talked about the floor of all these positions before and i think you can take a pick that's a little bit of a luxury pick at one and still leave with a really good draft yeah. like in a, a draft that can contribute in 2021 and beyond and if that's the case dude i'm willing to take like Sometimes you don't get the really good shit in life unless you take a gamble. Right. And I, gambling on Travis Etienne is a gamble that I'm worth. If it doesn't pan out, dude, I'm not ever going to be mad at being for taking that risk and making this offense truly dynamic. I want to go back to the ATN versus Harris thing. And one thing, not that Brian Dable couldn't do good things with Najee Harris as well, but I think of Brian Dable and just some of the magic he can maybe unleash with Travis Etienne. Yeah. That really makes me like to pick more than anything else. So let's, I, let's go ahead. On that note, uh, I was, so this all came up again today. And so I was looking through cover one's feed on ETN and there was one play where it was a, it looked like it might be, um, you know, a run pass option and that uh, Trevor Lawrence was going to keep the ball. And then ETN sneaks out the backfield and Lawrence just hits him. And it's like a 60 yard. It's burst a pop pass. Yeah, I saw like, that that little pop pass. And I just saw Dable and Josh Allen's big frame, just reaching over and the threat of him being able to run. Like you throw that type of stuff. You throw that on film once Pat and the defensive coordinator has to see that like that makes a team prepare for this type of shit all week long. Like you can't just worry about digs in the deep ball. Like you got this guy that can leak out and bust a 60 yard catch from anywhere on the field. Like, that's a real dynamic piece for this offense. One last thing too, that I want, I want to mention somebody and then we'll recap this and get out of here. But I had Benjamin Albright on the show. I don't know, a good six weeks ago or so. Actually it was more than that because it was before we started this series. And he said, the bills are going to be in or exploring running backs big time. And he tweeted on Monday. In fact, it was that part of the reason why he could see Travis ATM being a good fitter or running back is because Josh Allen needs to take less hits. Like that was yeah. specifically brought up and having a guy like ATN and being able to do some of that creative stuff might make Josh Allen run the football less and therefore take less hits. 
I think one thing, both these running backs, Najee Harris and Travis Etienne, have been pigeonholed in this process to being, you know, I think people think of Najee Harris and they just think Derrick Henry 2.0. They see the number, they see the jersey of Alabama and a big guy that just can run over people. I think he's more than that. I think he's more dynamic than that. I think he's a great pass catching running back, uh, meaning that like Le'Veon Bell can line up and, and do routes and catch passes. And Travis Etienne does have the speed. He has that zero to 60 ability and the fast 40 and all those things that you look for, but he's a nasty runner. Like he can get some work and just get the five yard, six yard carries too. Like I think he can be a feature back in an NFL offense. It's not just get him some screens and and try to get the ball in his hands in space. I think the, the comparisons to CJ Spiller are freaking lazy. I think, I, I don't think there's a comparison to CJ Spiller. I liked the season CJ Spiller had. I think Bills fans overrate what how good of an actual back CJ Spiller was. I don't think he had great vision. I, don't, I think he lacked a lot of the tools you need as a running back to be successful. He just had the straight speed and tried to burst outside every time. Etienne's not that way. You see it in the highlights, but he can get the other stuff. So these guys have been pigeonholed into being a certain type of back, and fans will be like, oh, we just got this guy that can – catch some screen passes. Who cares? That's not it. If you draft Travis Etienne, he's your guy. Like that's your number one running back. And it's not close though. Things that I would say as we wrap up, like Travis Etienne talk, I could talk forever about just the running back position Sure, is the, one of the biggest criticisms. And it's a fair one is your running backs probably not going to get a second contract. Cause you're not going to pay him an exorbitant amount yeah, of money. You're running back those legs in the ground, I'm okay with that though. Yeah. Give me three, give me three good years with an RB one. And every fourth year, I'll go do it again. I'll yeah. do it every four years, let alone five. If yeah. that's what it's going to take for anyone who's saying, well, they don't need it. They need this. They need that. If I told you that the bills are going to get an Aaron Jones quality player, for, I don't even want to say Camaro cause he's just, you know, he's that's ridiculous. Yeah. That's a, that's an almost an unfair bar to put on ATM. But if you're going to get a really good running back, like say an Aaron Jones for the next four to five years, you're going to not be happy about that. Yeah. I just no. run him until his legs are dirt pulverized, <laughs> honestly. And I agree with you and then do it again. Like, hit on a running back and then maybe the next running back you hit on is an undrafted free agent out of nowhere because right. you've got ETN and you don't care. And you hit on another one of these guys, but get that guy um, any way you can make. Again, if you can get a top 15 to 20 player at 30 and make your offense super dynamic, I don't know why people would be mad about that, um, but people are welcome to be mad about it, but you're not going to convince me of it. One last point too: had the bills lost, or not lost. Say they cut Mario Addison and they did nothing to address defensive end and free agency. And you were left with Hughes, Epinesa, and then nothing. Then yeah, man. Then I think you're really pressing to make sure you get a defensive end early in this draft. But I'm good with rolling with this defensive end unit this year and then making it a priority next year. I'm good with all that. So let's recap there's, this. Go there's ahead. also scenarios where, and and I don't think people should forget this. And we get real excited about these draft prospects. We're knee deep into these. We've fallen in love with certain guys. We've done so many mocks. We think we're, we've already put these guys on our rosters and our minds and seen how they're going to contribute. First of all, half these guys aren't going to work out more than half. These guys aren't going to be guys that are on the roster in 2021 or contributing to the Buffalo bills. There's still guys in free agency. So if you miss on edge, if you miss on defensive back, there's guys in free agency that have the last three weeks haven't gone anywhere because teams are waiting to see how this draft pans out. And as soon as the draft pans out, 
you're going to get a bunch of calls to these free agents, your Richard Sherman's, your Melvin Ingram's, these guys that are still sitting out there in free agency that have proven NFL production. And that's insurance to GMs like Brandon Bean. And when those, when the draft ends and teams start calling, there's going to be maybe five or six teams that have a better one year deal offer than the Bills. It, 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 there's only probably five teams in that Super Bowl competitive window. And the Bills are one of them. Like a Melvin Ingram could take a one year deal to come and play in Buffalo. That's a team friendly deal to earn, you know, maybe some contract with somebody else. Uh, you can see that with a Richard Sherman. So I think there's opportunities in free agency post draft. And we got to think of that too, when we're thinking of this whole picture. Yeah, for sure. All right. So let's recap what we did in the first round. We stood Pat. We got Travis ATN from Clemson in the second round. We stood Pat. We took Elijah Molden, a corner from Washington on uh, the third round for a second straight mock. We took Kamsa, Nazar Dean, the safety from Florida state. We moved up into the fourth round. We gave up both fifths and a sixth next year and got a seventh next year. And we took Ellen McNeil, a defensive tackle from NC State. Sixth round, we took corner Avery Williams from Boise State. And then in the seventh round, we took one of our favorite late-round wide receivers, Cornell Powell. I'm looking at this draft right now. And forget about evaluating the draft because time will tell. Here's a cool way to end this, dude. The winners and losers as it stands right now on this roster. If this is the draft, I think the winners would be A.J. Epinesa and F.A. Obata because I think yep. they have you know, a, a much easier, um, especially Obata, a bigger role as sure. players this year. I think John Feliciano becomes a winner because we didn't go out interior offensive line. In fact, I think all the roster fodder that's going to be competing for interior offensive line for depth, I think they're winners of this draft. I think Isaiah McKenzie, maybe. I got him like Maybe. I, he's not a lock. Right. He's in pencil. Today. He's in pencil yeah. as, as a draft winner as it stands. Sure. And then I would say... Dawson Knox, probably uh, a winner as well. Sure. On the other side, losers. I mean, the, the the biggest loser to me, without question, is going to be Devin Singletary. Yeah. I, I don't think there's even a question on that. Zach Moss, to a lesser extent. I've said this all along. If the Bills do get ATN or Najee Harris or even Williams from NC State, I don't see that happening. But if the Bills take a running back, I think Singletary, I don't think he necessarily gets cut. I think they maybe to try to trade him or he becomes insurance. He's this year's TJ Yeldon. I've said that before. Sure. But anyway, they're draft losers. I think Dane Jackson is a draft loser for sure if this plays out this way because you got Molden in the second round. Maybe even Wallace if you know he sure. could lose that. Or, uh, Taron Johnson. Sure. Um, sure. Yeah. Harrison Phillips uh, and Zimmer maybe in the interior. One of those two guys with the addition sure. of McNeil. So that's your winners and your losers as this current roster stands. Before I let you go, last question. Let's do so it. So the draft is tomorrow. Give me one bold. Well, preferably Bills. Well, we just did a mock draft, so we can't change what we've just selected. Give me a bold NFL. Like when you wake up Friday morning, you're going to be like, oh, shit, this happened on Thursday night. Give me one bold uh, draft prediction for night one. Let me think here for a second. One bold draft position. Draft one. Let me give you mine while you think. Yeah, let, you, let me see what you've got. I got two. I got one actually for the Bills. I still say, even after everything we just did, because I think it'll be a 2022 pick, I think the Bills are going to leave this draft with Zach Ertz. I think they're going to trade for him. I think they're going to give up a mid-round pick next year because you know, I, I've been told or read that teams would rather stockpile picks for 2022 than 2021 because the medicals will be better and they can see the players better. So I do think the Bills are still going to address tight end. I do think it's going to be Zach Ertz. I know that 
Some people think I'm crazy because they signed Jacob Hollister. But I say that, and I think, and I don't like this, but I think that the New England Patriots are going to end up with Justin Fields. I do too. I think it'll be Patriots or Chicago Bears. I think Chicago Bears are a sneaky team to try to come up, and maybe it'll be interesting to see how much ownership at the Bears believes in Nagy and Pace because if they let him dip into future picks quite a bit that means they trust them a lot to get fields and and put that roster together i think the bears are in a pretty good position if they got a fields to compete right away like i think that fields added to the bears makes them compete right away where i still think the patriots aren't quite there even if they get fields and i don't know if mcdaniel and belichick can really develop a quarterback or not so that's going to be an interesting one I think it's reasonable. I think the other hot take is it is reasonable that the Bills get up to the Colts at 21 and take Travis. Like they trade up for a running back and it blows up a civil war on Bills Twitter. (laughs) I absolutely, again, I know people like Todd McShay because think about this, Aaron, you put out something outlandish, say you're Todd McShay. People are going to click on it, read it, or tune in, whatever it is that you got to clip, something like that. And if he's right, he's right. That's awesome. If he's wrong, come next year. Tom McShay, if Tom McShay puts out something next year, guess what? You're going to do the same thing. You're going to click. You're going to listen. This is the yeah. week of clicks. I call it click week. I mean, every week's click week and what, with what we do with content creations. But this right. week, more than ever, man, for sure. When push comes to shove, by the way, Frisco, third pick. Jones, Vance, what do you think? I have no idea what they're doing there. If it's me, it's Fields. I don't even know why Fields isn't even in consideration here. I think he's being mistreated in the media and in this draft process. But I can see a scenario where he's talked himself into Jones. Jones looks pretty on film. He does. I've seen some of the clips. He looks pretty. And if Shanahan believes that he can mastermind that, that, that team's ready to win. This year, if they get QB right with a guy that can produce in 2021, that division needs to look out. The San Francisco 49ers are going to be a tough out if they get a QB figured out. So if he really thinks Jones can come in and and start winning in the NFL right away, then that's going to be dangerous. And the draft Twitter won't be laughing at him then. Um, I don't know. I I haven't looked at quarterback enough to to have a hot take on quarterback. And what are... Dude, I wouldn't want anything involved in this mess of quarterbacks. I'm so glad we have Josh Allen and don't even have to worry about this drama. I think they're going to end up taking Vance. My biggest Bills, non-Bills draft takeaway is I just hope it, I don't want the Miami Dolphins to end up walking out of this draft with both Chase and Najee Harris. And I just, they might just say, fuck it, man. Let's just build an incredible office with skilled players and they could get somebody like Chase because I don't think Pitts will get there to six, but then Nigel Harris very well could be there at 18, a running back or ATN, even worse. And I yeah, just don't want Miami the, to get better, and they're going to, and I hate it. Prepare yourselves for both Miami and the New York Jets to have annoyingly good drafts of, with a lot of the guys that you've fallen in love with over the past three months. Make sure you follow Aaron on Twitter at Aaron Quinn 716 Quickly, we only got a couple seconds here. What, what yeah. do you guys got going on with your podcast this week? Yeah, dude, everyone else is super busy this time of year. I've said no to everyone except for you in my show. So I'm doing this and I got one more mock draft with uh, Greg. We're going to round up some of the stuff here on Wednesday and that's it. I'm done. I'm going to sit back and watch the draft like a fan. I'll be back with a show on draft day Thursday. Talk to you then.